This recording is intended to be used as an educational resource for healthcare providers. It is in no way a substitute for the independent decision making and judgment of a qualified healthcare professional. It should not be used to make a diagnosis or to overrule the advice of a qualified healthcare provider, nor should it be used to provide advice for emergency medical treatment. Fluids, Electrolytes, and Nutrition by Merib Nishime and Asumta Kenamara Mwali. Introduction Hello, I'm Merib Nishime, working for Partners in Health, and I'm a nurse by professional. Today, we learned a course related to fluid, electrolyte, and nutrition. Overview By the end of this chapter, participants will be able to understand the importance of nutrition and weight gain for neonatal survival and brain development, feeding as an essential medication. Identify methods to assist mothers in breastfeeding and increasing milk supply. Describe the key element of IV fluid therapy in newborn. Calculate daily feeding advancement according to the age and birth weight. Recognize and manage feeding intolerance and necrotizing arteriocolitis. Understand how to prevent and treat hypoglycemia in the newborn. In this chapter, we cover infant feeding guidelines both for well and sick newborn, feeding intolerance and necrotizing arteriocolitis and hypoglycemia. Feeding guidelines will be reviewed first and we will explore the differences between the guidelines for well and sick newborn. Well newborn are those with a stable respiratory and the cardiac status and a birth weight of over 1,500 grams Sick newborns include those who are unstable or very low birth weight. Breastfeeding is the recommended feeding mechanism for wear newborns. Wear newborn can be breastfed on demand, and breastfeeding provides all nutrients needed for growth. Breastfeeding should occur at least eight times per day, every two to three hours throughout the day and night. Both breasts should be offered at each feeding, alternating which breast is offered first. Artificial milk should be reserved to supplement when mother's milk supply is inadequate. Breast milk is produced on a supply and demand basis, meaning that milk must be removed from the breast in order to more milk to be formed. Mothers of newborn who cannot breastfeed due to illness, prematurity, or any other reason should be advised to begin expressing breast milk early and often, at least every three hours a day and night to encourage milk supply and avoid breast engorgement. Sometimes mothers will have difficult with breast milk supply. In these cases, there are several methods they can employ to increase supply. Mothers should get plenty of rest and stay hydrated, drinking six to eight glasses of water, fruit juice, and or milk daily. They can also increase protein intake by eating more daily, eggs, peanut butter, meats, and nuts, and should be sure to breastfeed eight or more times per day 
for at least 20 to 30 minutes. Newborn should be fed from both breasts at each feeding. If the newborn is full after one breast, the mother can hand express milk from the other breast to simulate milk supply. She should assure good position and latch of the newborn onto the breast. The four main complications of breastfeeding that we review are sore nipples, breast engorgement, blocked milk ducts, and mastitis. While breastfeeding should not be painful, many mothers have mild nipple tenderness during the first week when their newborns first begin to suckle. To treat sore nipples, mother should assure good lash and develop repeated pressure to the same area of the nipple. They should breastfeed on the less painful side first. After feeding, the mother can rub breast milk onto the nipple and let them air dry. Topical moisturizer can be applied to nipple to help healing, but should be wiped off before the next feeding. Consider topical antibiotics for infection if nipples are sore, cracked, red, and irritated, crusted, or if there is no improvement in pain within two to three days. Breast engorgement is caused by swelling of the breast from buildup of breast milk due to missed feeding or inadequate milk removal. Symptoms include breast erythema and firmness, tenderness, and flattened nipples. To treat breast engorgement, apply cold clothes to breast between feedings and gently massage breast before and during feeding. Mothers should hard express milk remaining in the breasts after feeding or if feeding is missed. If the newborn cannot lash on due to flattened nipples, hand express to soften area around nipples. Mothers should breastfeed or hand express at least every two hours until engorgement improves. Blocked milk ducts occur when a milk duct is not draining well, causing pressure to build up behind the block and cause swelling. This will appear as a hard reddish lump that feels like a pebble in the breast and the mother will experience tenderness in the area. The mother should be well, except for the blocked duct with no fever shields or other signs of infection. She should continue breastfeeding and use warm, moist clothes on the breasts before and during feedings. Mothers should breastfeed on the blocked side every two to three hours and change the position used to breastfeed so that the infant's chin points toward the block. Mothers should try to massage the block with downward motion toward the nipple while breastfeeding, and the block should improve within 24 to 48 hours. Mastitis is a hot, painful, and swollen breast in mothers with systemic signs of illness due to inflammation and the possible infection of milk ducts. 
It is usually occurs in only one breast at a time and can be caused by an untreated blocked milk duct, skipped feedings, cracked nipples, stress, and inadequate rest. Mastitis presents as redness of the breast or streaks that feel hard to detach. The breast will be hot to detach, swollen or painful, and the mother may experience aches, chills, nausea, and fever. To treat mastitis, the mother should continue to breastfeed and be reassured that it is safe for the newborn. If breastfeeding is too painful, she can hand express milk and resume breastfeeding as soon as she's able. She can apply warm, moist clothes to the breast before and during feeding and should drain breast every two to three hours, either by breastfeeding or hand experiencing. Mothers should be sure to maintain good hydration and nutrition and should be given paracetamol for fever or pain. Give mothers antibiotics if fever or symptoms persist for more than 12 to 24 hours. Thank you so much. I'm Asumpa Kainamura Mwali. I'm a member of Rwanda Pediatric Association. I want to talk about fluid and nutrition for babies. Next, we look at feeding guidelines for sick newborn. To review, well newborn are those with stable cardiorespiratory status and who weigh more than 1,500 grams, while sick newborn are those who are unstable or low birth weight. Premature and low birth weight infants need a great deal of fluid and nutritional support. The smaller and more preterm the newborn, the more fluid and calorie are needed per kilogram. Sick newborn requiring feeding support are provided fluid and medication based on their weight. Birth weight is used as the weight for calculation until the newborn's current weight exceeds the birth weight after which point current weight is used. The protocol has two different charts to determine the volume of IV and enteral fluid that infants should receive. This chart shows how to start and advance fluid for infant according to their weight with all of the volume pre-calculated for convenience and accuracy. This chart can be used when an infant can start advancing from trophic to higher volume enteral feed on day of life one and advance without difficulty to full feeds. However, sometimes an infant does not tolerate the feed or mother cannot provide adequate breast milk for the feeding advancement, and therefore, they must be delayed. In this case, refer to this chart for total daily fluids and enteral advancement when the day of ad advancement is not tied to the day of life. This chart requires calculation to be individualized for each patient. We will practice using both type of chart in this chapter. Unstable newborns should initially be NPO and be given IV fluid. They may receive trophic feed, as we will discuss soon. This is the table we use to determine how much IV fluid to give to sick newborn. Let's practice. 
Francis was born weighing 1,400 grams and had pneumonia. He is now day of life two and weighed 1,300 grams. He still has too much respiratory distress to be enterally fed. What is the total volume of IV fluid that he should be given per day? On day of life two, he should get 120 milliliters per kilogram per day. Using his birth weight of 1.4 kilo gives him 168 milliliter per day or 7 milliliter per hour. Because newborn have a high energy demand, they should always be started on G10 rather than G5. If a newborn is persistently hyperglycemic on G10, the volume of infusion should be minimized. If the blood sugar is still too high, change the newborn to G5, 1,4 ringer like that, and monitor glucose closely. G5, 1,4 ringer like that, should be used instead of G5 water because G5 water is hypotonic. They need to change from fluid made from G10 to G5 percent occurs most frequently in extremely low birth weight newborn who require a high volume of IV fluid. In the first 24 hours of life, newborn do not need supplemental electrolytes due to higher baseline total body sodium content and decreased renal function. After the 24 hours of life, newborns do require maintenance sodium of 3 milliequivalent per kilogram per day and potassium of 2 milliequivalent per kilo per day. Newborn usually gets these electrolytes through breast milk, so if feeding is established, newborn can remain on G10 as they advance off of IV fluids and are increasing enteral volume. If feeding is not established, newborn requiring IV fluids need electrolytes generally given as G10, 1,4 ringer lactate. If there is a concern for hyperkalemia or alkalosis, though IV fluid should be G10, 1,4 normal saline. Newborn should not receive high amount of sodium, meaning that a half normal saline should not be used for typical maintenance IV fluid. Newborns with increased fluid loss should receive higher total volume fluid. For example, those on phototherapy should be given an additional 20 milliliter per kilo per day of total fluid. Other reasons for increased fluid loss include fever, vomiting and diarrhea, or those receiving heat by a radiant warmer for longer than about 24 hours. If a requested IV fluid concentration is not available, different concentration of IV fluid can be made by combining premixed fluids. For example, if a doctor orders G10% but it is not available, G5% and G50% can be combined in the correct proportion to make G10%. When mixing IV fluid, you should always have a second nurse check to ensure accuracy. Recipes for making commonly used IV fluids can be found in the protocol appendix. Even if infants are too unstable to be advanced on an enteral feed, with the exception those with 
necrotizing enterocolitis or bowel obstruction, they can receive trophic feedings. Trophic feeding is the practice of providing low volume expressed milk, 10 to 20 milliliter per kilo per day, typically 15 milliliter per kilo per day, given every three hours. Trophic feeds improve feeding tolerance and growth while decreasing sepsis and hospital length of stay. Unless they have neck or a bowel obstruction, all infants who are not being advanced on enteral feeds due to illness severity should be given trophic feed until they are ready for higher enteral volume. When newborn are stable, they can start advancing from trophic to higher volume enteral feed. It is critical to advance feed as soon as it's safe to do so because nutrition is such a critical part of an infant's care. There are very few absolute contraindications to advancing enteral volume of feeding. These are severe respiratory distress, more than 80 breaths per minute for preterm, and more than 70 breaths per minute for term babies. Shock, unresponsiveness, bilious emesis, or other evidence of bowel obstruction, confirmed or strong suspicion of neck, severe sepsis, and severe HRE grade 3. There are additional relative contraindications to advancing enteral feeds which require consideration and judgment from the clinical team and careful monitoring during feeds. The relative contraindications are tachypnea for preterm more than 70 breaths per minute and for term more than 60 breaths per minute. Feeding intolerance, cardiorespiratory instability, convulsion. Hypothermia with a temperature of less than 35 degree Celsius. Low birth weight newborn should advance from trophic to higher volume feeding on day of life one if they are otherwise well. Follow the feeding advancement protocol to determine how rapidly to advance enteral volume and win IV fluid. Newborn who weigh less than 1.5 kilo usually have an immature sac reflex so it is best to start with NG tube feeds. For newborn larger than 1.5 kilo with a mature sac reflex who demonstrate interest in feeding, start with the oral feeds and give any remaining volume that they could not take orally by NG tube. For infant with a temperature of less than 35 degree Celsius, Rewarm the infant before giving enteral feedings. If it takes longer than three hours to rewarm the infant, start maintenance IV fluid. NG feeding should always be given by gravity, not pushed through a syringe. The term total fluid refers to IV fluid plus enteral fluid. Unlike IV fluids, enteral fluids are not completely absorbed into the vascular space. As a result, newborn receiving enteral fluids need a higher fluid volume than those receiving IV fluids. Clinicians should follow the recommended IV and enteral feeding rate in the protocol appendix to increase the total fluids daily by increasing the enteral feeding rate and decreasing the IV fluid rate.
This should only be done if the newborn tolerate the increase without vomiting or abdominal distension. Monitoring weight gain is important in newborn as every day of no weight gain is a day of no brain growth, which has permanent long-term impact on the infant's future. Weight gain is the most critical treatment for newborn to survive and thrive. Breast milk carries approximately 20 kilocalories per 30 milliliter, though it can vary in calorie content throughout the feeding with the hind milk the milk at the end of breastfeeding, being the most calorically dense. Standard artificial milk or formula has also 20 kilocalories per 30 milliliter. Premature infant may require extra calorie compared to term infant due to the increased growth need and should therefore feed long enough to empty one breast to ensure that they obtain hind milk. The mother should then hand express from the other breast to maintain milk supply and prevent engorgement. Preterm infants undergo rapid brain growth, so adequate feeding is especially important. Once the newborn achieve full volume feeds of 165 to 180 milliliter per kilogram per day, assess weight gain, ideally daily, but at least two to three times per week. Adequate weight gain is considered to be 15 to 20 grams per kilo per day for preterm infant and 20 to 30 grams per day for term infant. If a newborn does not gain weight adequately, it is necessary to either increase the total anterior volume of milk, the calorie density of the milk, or both. To increase the total volume, give an additional 10 milliliter per kilo per day every other day as tolerated. Many newborns will tolerate 180 to 200 milliliter per kilo per day. To increase the caloric density of breast milk, add formula powder to the milk, increasing the density by two kilocalories per once, 0.06 kilocalorie per milliliter. If this is well tolerated, but weight gain remains inadequate, continue to increase by two kilocalories per once to a maximum of eight additional kilocalories per once, 0.27 kilocalories per milliliter, with a formula powder and or oil per the protocol. In addition to these measures, make sure at least eight feeds are being given per day, no skips, Feed. Whenever possible, use the calorie-rich hind milk. Observe the feeding to ensure they are being given properly. Treat sources of increased metabolic demand, such as hypothermia, increased work of breathing, or anemia, and ensure that the mother is eating, drinking, and resting. The choice between increasing volume or caloric density depends of availability of formula powder, newborn's tolerance, and clinician preference. Both can be increased alternately with a likely maximum calorie intake of 26 kilocalories per once at 170 and to 180 milliliters per kilogram per day, which should be sufficient for adequate growth of even extremely preterm infant.
Recipes for enhanced calorie feeds can be found in the protocol appendix. Enhanced calorie feeds should be discontinued prior to discharge to ensure that the newborn can maintain adequate weight gain with only breast milk. Discontinue enhanced calorie feeds when methylxanthine stimulant is discontinued three days prior to discharge and monitor weight gain. Prior to discharge, newborn should be monitored while solely breastfed to ensure adequate weight gain. The next topics to be covered are feeding intolerance and necrotizing enterocolitis or NEC. Feeding intolerance is indicated by mild abdominal distension and vomiting. Necrotizing enterocolitis is primarily a problem of severely preterm infant and is very rare in late preterm or full-term infant. Signs and symptoms include bloody stool, marked abdominal distension, visible loops of bowel under the abdominal wall, and discoloration of the abdominal wall, especially if accompanied by sign of sepsis. For a newborn with feeding intolerance, depending on the degree of concern, halt feeding and start IV fluids, slow the advancement of feed, or consider smaller feed at increased frequency, such as every two hours. If necrotizing enterocolitis is suspected, look for air in the bowel wall of abdominal X-ray to confirm the diagnosis if available. Management of neck includes bowel rest and antibiotic therapy. Stop all enteral feeding and leave MG tube open to air to vent the stomach. Start IV fluids G10% one for ringolactate or G12.5% one for ringolactate at 150 milliliter per kilogram per day. IV fluid recipients are in the protocol appendix. Monitor the need for higher IV fluid volume or normal saline boluses. Give broad spectrum antibiotics, either ampicillin, gentamicin, and metronidazole. Recommended course is 10 days unless amino acid diffusion is available. For patients with neck, Provide medication for pain control as needed, such as paracetamol per rectum, morphine 0.0 to 0.05 milligram per kilo, IV every four hours can also be used, but may cause hypotension and decreased bowel motility. After the recommended course, slowly reintroduce enteral feed. Watch closely for intolerance malabsorption, and obstruction due to strictures. Neonatal hypoglycemia is low blood sugar in the first few days after birth. Moderate hypoglycemia is defined as a blood glucose level of 25 to 45 milligram per deciliter or 1.4 to 2.5 millimol per liter. Severe hypoglycemia is less than 25 milligram per deciliter or 1.4 millimol per liter. Those at increased risk for hypoglycemia include premature and low birth weight newborns, newborns who are large for the gestational age, newborn of a diabetic mother. 
Hypoglycemia can be caused by hyperinsulinism, blood asphyxia, feeding difficulty, sepsis, respiratory distress, or hypothermia. Signs and symptoms of hypoglycemia include tremulousness, stupor, lethargy, hypotonia, hypothermia, irritability, poor feeding, respiratory depression, convulsion, and coma. To test an infant for hypoglycemia, monitor blood glucose level by a blood test. You can obtain blood by heel prick. For non-pharmaceutical hypoglycemia, determine and treat the underlying cause. The full management protocol is available in the following chart. This is the protocol for moderate hypoglycemia. This is the protocol for severe hypoglycemia. Both can be found in the pre printed version of the neonatal national care protocols. Here are the recipes for making the IV fluid recommended in the protocol from IV fluid that you will likely have in stock. This is our tables that guide you through advancing enteral volume and winning IV fluid for babies of various birth weight and ages. We will practice using these tables in the case studies. These are recommendations and recipes for case studies. We will now go over a case study on a newborn named Jean-Claude to review this material. He is two hours old and 29 weeks gestation age with a weight of 900 grams. Jean-Claude has respiratory distress and has been placed on five liter per minute via oxygen concentrator. His temperature is 36.5 degree and he's in an incubator. What IV fluid and red should Jean-Claude get today? Jean-Claude should receive total fluid of 8 milliliter per kilo per day. This can be given as 65 milliliters per kilo per day IV fluid or 3 milliliter per hour of G10 percent. In addition, he can receive 15 milliliter per kilo per day trophic feed of express breast milk divided into every three hourly feed of two milliliter per by NG tube. The next day, Jean-Claude is doing well, receiving oxygen from the oxygen concentrator and his exam and vital sign are stable. He was started on caffeine therapy. What should the plan be for Jean-Claude's fluid and nutrition today? Should enteral feeding be advanced for day of life one, total fluids should amount to 100 milliliter per kilo per day. Jean-Claude should receive G10% at 60 milliliter per kilo per day or 2 milliliters per hour for his weight. He should receive enteral feeds of 40 milliliters per kilo per day or 5 milliliter every 3 hours. If exam remain unchanged, what should Jean-Claude fluid and nutrition be on day of life too? On day of life two, his total fluid should amount to 120 milliliter per kilo per day with IV fluid of G10% at two milliliter per hour and enteral feeds of eight milliliter every three hours. Jean-Claude is now on day of life 11. He has advanced well on his feeding and is now on full enteral feeds 
at 180 milliliters per kilo per day or 20 milliliters every three hours. His weight is 810 gram, which is 90 gram below his birth weight. For the past few days, he was been gaining only four grams per kilo per day. What should be the next step to optimize Jean-Claude's nutrition and weight gain? Jean-Claude's breast milk volume should be increased as tolerated to 200 milliliters per kilo per day. Ensure that he has eight feeds per day, that he is getting hind milk whenever possible, and that hypothermia and other causes of increased metabolic demand have been addressed. If he continues to gain weight inadequately after these measures have been taken, the caloric density of his milk should be increased by two kilocalories per once, as tolerated to a maximum of 28 kilocalories per once. Jean-Claude is now 40 days old. His weight is 1.5 kilo and his postmenstrual age is 34, five per seven weeks. He has been gaining weight well, 15 grams per kilo per day for the past week, breastfeeding four times per day and having the rest of his feed as NG feed or breast milk enhanced to 24 kilocalories per once. He is off CPAP and oxygen and has not had any apnea episodes since caffeine was discontinued he is out of the incubator receiving continuous KMC. What should the plan be for Jean-Claude's nutrition? Jean-Claude should be transitioned to full breastfeeding with no added caloric density, and his weight gain should continue to be monitored. Once he has demonstrated good weight gain, 15 grams per kilo per day, breastfeeding on demand for three days, he is ready for discharge home with KMC. Jean-Claude should be scheduled for a follow-up visit one to two weeks after discharge. Amina, the subject of our next case study, is on day of life one and weight 1.2 kilos. She has respiratory distress with oxygen saturation only intermittently over 90% with four liter per minute nasal cannula oxygen. She has been on G10% for the past day. What fluid should she get today? You should give her G10%, one for ringer lactate, at 100 milliliter per kilo per day, which would be 120 milliliter per day for her. Infant with an unstable respiratory status should not be fed nutritive volume anterally, but can be fed trophic feed of 15 milliliter per kilo per day. Because she has been NPO for over 24 hours, it is important to add electrolytes to the IV fluid. Therefore, it should be G10% 1,4 ringer lactate. Our next case study concerns a newborn named Joseph. He is on day of life one, weight three kilo, and has a perinatal hypoxic ischemic brain injury and active seizures. Because of the seizures, the doctor wants to keep Joseph NPO. He orders Joseph to receive G10% at 60 milliliters per day, which the nurse hands. Was this correct? No, Joseph should have been given 
60 milliliter per kilo per day, which would be 180 milliliter per day. It is critical to distinguish between milliliters per day and milliliters per kilogram per day. Our next case is baby Richard, born weighing 1.3 kilo with severe respiratory distress and possible sepsis requiring CPAP and antibiotics for one week. What nutrition and hydration should be given? Because severe respiratory distress is an absolute contraindication to advancing anteral feed, he should have received IV fluid and trophic feeds. Especially on day of life zero, he should have been given GTAN at 80 milliliter per kilo per day, which is 104 milliliter per day, or 4.3 milliliter per hours, along with trophic feeds of 15 milliliter per kilo per day, 20 milliliter per day, or 2.5 milliliter every three hours. On day of life one, he should have been given GTAN 1 for ringelactate at 100 milliliter per kilo per day, it's mean 130 milliliter per day, or 5.4 milliliter per hour, with trophic feed at 15 milliliter per kilo per day. On day of life two, he should have been given GTAN 1 for ringelactate at 120 milliliter per kilo per day, its main 156 milliliter per day, 6.5 milliliter per hour with trophic feed. By day of life three, his respiratory distress is mild with respiratory rate of 74 and mild retraction. What fluid and nutrition should he receive today? Because he is no longer has severe respiratory distress, his internal feeding volume should be advanced. The need for CPAP is not a contraindication to advancing anteral feed. IV glucose has very limited nutritional value. Babies need anteral nutrition to thrive. This is day one of feeding advancement and day of life four, so he should get 180 milliliter per kilo per day of total fluid, of which 40 milliliter per kilo per day, 52 milliliter per day, 6.5 milliliter every three hours. Therefore, 140 milliliter per kilo per day is IV, G10%. 182 milliliter per day, 7.6 milliliter per hour. The next day, he should get 70 anterally and 110 IV. Then 100 anteral and 80 IV. Then 130 anteral and 50 IV, then 165 anteral, at which time the IV fluids can be discontinued, after which he should be assessed for adequate weight gain. In our final case study, Simon is on days of life six, weight 1.4 kilo, and is advancing on anteral feeds. Upon physical exam, the baby is noted to have abdominal erythema, distension, and tenderness. What should you do now? You suspect necrotizing enterocolitis. Make NPO and start G10% 1,4-ringe lactate at 150 ml per kilo per day, which is 210 ml per day for Simon. Consider broad-spectrum antibiotics too. 
assess Simon with laboratory and radiology testing and observe his clinical course. After 48 hours, commit to either feeding intolerance or necrotizing enterocolitis. If intolerance seems more likely, slowly reintroduce enteral feeding. If you still suspect necrotizing enterocolitis, provide 10 days of bowel rest and broad-spectrum antibiotics. Summary Having completed this chapter, you should now be able to describe the importance of nutrition and weight gain to neonatal survival and brain development. Feeding is an essential medication. Identify methods to assist mother in breastfeeding and increasing milk supply. Describe key elements of IV fluid therapy in newborns. Calculate daily feed advance according to age and birth weight. Recognize and man manage feeding intolerance and neck. Understand how to prevent and treat hypoglycemia in the newborn. The following are key points on fluid electrolytes and nutrition. Stable newborn with a birth weight more than 1 kilo 5 should be offered breastfeeding on demand. Breastfeeding complications should be monitored and managed. Unstable newborn and those who are preterm and low birth weight initially require IV fluid with a volume and composition according to the protocol. All newborn except those with neck or bowel obstruction can receive trophic feeds starting on the day of birth. When newborn are stable, they can start advancing on anteral feeds. Low birth weight newborn should start advancing feed on day of life one if they are otherwise well. Once on full volume anteral feed, newborn should be assessed for weight gain. The milk volume should be increased and or supplemental calories should be added to the milk of newborn who are not gaining weight adequately. Feeding intolerance. This recording is a production of Open Pediatrics, a free and open access resource for pediatric clinicians worldwide. For more pediatric care materials or to join our global community, please visit our website at openpediatrics.org.